What's up and welcome back to another episode of the show. Of course, I'm your host, Amy Weber. And today I have Christopher Lewis on the show. Thank you so much for coming. You're in. very welcome, Amy. You do your own podcast, right? I, I do my own podcast. And can I just say your intro is fucking unbelievable. I feel you like it's amazing. too long. Thank you so yeah. much. I'm like, I'm asking Travis, like, do you think the intro is too long? No, with your hair flowing in the wind no. and whatever you're doing up there, it's just, I'm just, I'm captivated. It's amazing. It's my world of hyphens. Like that is my world. I know you're asking like what's going on, but I'm always sort of 400 miles an hour okay. because I, I have the podcast, I have my own docu-series, I homeschool my twins, oh my God. and then I'm a luxury real estate agent, and they just wrote their own book. I'm writing another book, and then I'm a billboard recording artist. Wow. I think I'll be going back into the studio, so wow. and I a very that, full life. That's a full life. I thought I was going 400 miles an hour, but I think you beat me by, maybe I'm at 350 now. But I love it. I love it. People <laughs> say, like, how do you do this? I'm like, how do you not? Like, right. I feel like life is just for the taking. And... Well, when do you get time to rest, usually, after, after all this busyness? Yeah, so what I do is I know I was just telling um, a, another guest that I have started to basically block out my life. And so I kind of have these little acronyms, but you know, LBAs are life building activities. And okay. so at five in the morning, after I get the dogs out, I'll go to the gym because that makes me feel really good. Right. And then um, I'll come home and homeschool my kids. And then I usually, you know, go to my office. And then from like 4.30 on, I'm cooking dinner usually wow. every night for the family. And that's my time to just be with the kids and go bicycle riding and do that's everything. That's amazing. We just got baby goats, like little baby <laughs> pygmy goats um, that are super cute that we're bottle feeding. Are they, so. they what, those things only get to like 10 pounds or something, right? Well, right now Barely? they're 10 pounds, oh, okay. but okay. I don't know. Like I'm hoping because our neighbors are a little bit, my kids call them chonky because we're not allowed to say fat in my house. So they're like, I hope our goats don't get chonky. I'm like, well, I found out that we were feeding them alfalfa and apparently alfalfa is like chocolate cake. Right. And so we, we cut that shit out like yeah. immediately. Yeah. They're just going to expand. We're like, like yeah, you're gonna, just going to grow. Yeah. And, and goats have four stomach chambers. That's right. And so, and they don't know how to regulate themselves and they will eat until they explode. You're right. Man, it's craziness. Yeah. You, you are busy. So I, you know, like I'm similar to you and I always find it fascinating when you meet someone just as busy as who I am as well, where yeah. it's like, so I'm a tennis pro. Okay. Um, I also write, I actually um, have obviously my podcast was Dating Intelligence. Um, I'm actually just all over the place. And I have two girls as well. And so I'm from, um, uh, um, I'm with my ex-wife, basically. So I'm divorced okay. and um, have a girlfriend who's a doctor. So we're just constantly running. So I leave basically at 4.30 every morning myself and start lessons at 5.30. Wow. And then in between, I'm doing every single piece of work I can do to, when I get back on the court, usually done about 5.30 and then come home, make dinner and then get my podcast stuff down, get yeah. on all my social media stuff. And then bedtime's usually about 10 I feel yeah. like, and then do it all over again the next day. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So being a tennis player, I did not know this about you. This is awesome. Um, I'm huge on mindset and visualization. Mm -hmm. So when you are, are you still playing competitively? No. So no. I've been teaching for the past 20 years. Okay. Like I, so I was an ex-model. I modeled for 10 years and it brought me to LA for, okay. you know, how they always say the acting thing. And I yeah. did that for like probably a brief of maybe two months and then just fell into tennis and, uh, I just loved it and just started teaching from that point on. So I was, I did a brief stint on the tour, like okay. um, if, if, right before I started modeling. And it was just like, I'm talking brief, like two tournaments and okay. lost the first round of each one. Okay. And was like, I don't have the mental <laughs> toughness for this yet. Cause I was only like 20. Yeah. So, and I didn't have the mental toughness at that time, but yeah. as time goes on now, my discipline and that mental toughness that you're about to say, yeah. I'm like this now. And so I try to, um, 
uh, give it to everyone that I teach now. And as far as mentoring, what I've learned and um, from playing and just everything in life, you know, I put it into my tennis teaching as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, I, I just, I know there's so many athletes between, you know, Michael Jordan and, you know, all of the greats that, you know, they, they've done studies. I'm like really researching this so much. Like Joe Dispenza has become like, there's a, thing called Gaia that you can listen to. Okay. I don't know if you know Gaia.com. No, I've heard of this though. So you can basically, you know, it's like, you know, mental toughness or whatever it is. It's just all really kind of self-improvement. And they did a study where they had people basically shooting, um, you know, free throws. And it's like, they actually had one group that was practicing and they were throwing them. And then they had another group that was visualizing themselves right. throwing it and making it. Okay. And then they had another basically group, just base group that were doing nothing. Oh my God. So of course there was no improvement in the base group <laughs> that was doing nothing and no surprise there. Um, Sitting around eating alfalfa. Alf, alf. Yeah, exactly. Eating the chocolate cake <laughs> from the goats. Um, but the people that were actually doing the free throws and practicing, they improved by, I think they said like 24%. That's Right. And mm -hmm. then the people that were visualizing improved by 23%. That's not bad. Yeah. They weren't even making, wow. the, they were just visualizing themselves through going through the motion right. and were only 1% less than. So I believe in this. And, okay. And yes, I do put this practice into play as I'm teaching because okay. um, shadowing for sure is always when I tell people, uh, especially with serving. So yeah. um, I always tell people, I'm the guru of like fixing people's serve. And so they come out to me and they say, and I go, look, first of all, it's 90% of it is your, it's your toss. Yes. And you have a crappy toss. And so it's going to affect the way you, because you're not going to be able to hit if you have a bad toss. Right. Yeah. So what I do is I actually hold the ball in the air cause I'm tall. Yes. So I hold the ball above them and I say, now reach up with your racket and touch the ball. And I go, and then they'll look at it and I'll go, now close your eyes. And I go, now look at the ball. Now close your eyes and I'll move the ball. I go, look at that spot. Do you see where the ball used to be? Visualize you throwing the ball to that spot. And all of a sudden they start throwing that. I go, don't even look at the ball. Just look at that spot. And they'll yeah. start throwing it to that same spot. I'm like, Oh my God, this is amazing. amazing. And it works every single time. Yeah, so a I use a sense of that. I love Didn't this. Didn't even know it. Use a sense of that. Yeah, yeah, because it's so powerful. I mean, we're not even using, you know, obviously our full brain potential like on a daily right. basis. So I love that you're using that with your students. And I also do it. You and I look in the mirror all the time and see how much bigger I'm actually at. <laughs> no, I do too. too with my butt. I do it with my butt. <laughs> right. Trust me. I'm like 51. Right. I'm like, you're not going. No, you're great. You're perky. You're good. You know what I mean? Like visualizing like my 21 year old butt. Um, 50% it's on, Ron. 50% it's on. 50% I'm like, yeah, right. Damn it. I happened. could use some tennis lessons because I play tennis like I play baseball. So oh, okay, well, I'm a little rough. I'm a little rough. Like I need like those little ball chasers, right? Oh, that yeah. they have because like it's constantly. <laughs> I tell people like on the day I play tennis, I don't even have to go to the gym and do cardio because I'm running after the ball. It's like it's in the parking lot. You know I think, what I mean? I think it's a part of you though, in spirit though, because if you're already getting up as early as you do, what I was going to ask you earlier after your your full day of yeah. running around. I mean, that's just you. I think that's your I don't even think you actually like to sit around, do you? No. Yeah. So what, what do you do when you sit around? What, I mean, can you do it for more than... I mean, I can, I can, I do. I am a, a huge homebody. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not like a big, and I want to talk to you about the whole dating thing. Cause that was like a really <laughs> weird experience for me just even trying to date. But, um, I love being a homebody. I love to read. Reading has always just been really cathartic to me mm -hmm. and, and to me, knowledge is power. And Agreed. I've always just wanted to be as powerful as I can, um, especially homeschooling my children now. So I'm teaching them. Um, last week before we took the break, I was teaching them um, about finance. So they were learning wow. about compound interest and um, ATM cards and crypto. Oh, that's great. And the blockchain and like just really teaching them. They're going to be well ahead of the curve. Well <laughs> ahead of the curve. Everything. I'm teaching them, um, you know, uh, critical thinking 
and um, just so many things that they can use in everyday life and wow. everyday practice. I mean, they're learning everything else. They've, you know, last year they read 14 novels. That's amazing. In sixth grade, um, I think public school, they would have read three. Yeah, correct. Um, now, would you have homeschooled them prior to COVID? And, or was this something that happened after the fact? You know, something I, I always wanted to mm -hmm. do. I had a lot of friends that were doing it more for religious reasons than anything. Um, but I always kind of felt like when I saw kids being able to find their purpose at a really young age and not having to go to college and then kind of change their major a yeah. million times and then kind of find their purpose and then just feel really lost that they got this four-year degree and what am I going to do with it? I didn't want that for my kids. Okay. And so my kids came by way of me having cancer, being told I wouldn't have children, then IVF, many rounds, oh, lots of different really like controversial therapies to even have my kids even brought into the right, world. Yeah. And then my daughter's heart stopped three times oh during birth and they thought she would have cerebral palsy. Like so many things came at me that when they came out and they're just, they're the coolest humans uh, you will ever meet. That's amazing. Um, I mean, even, you know, before my podcast, they're just like, you know, mom, it, they're almost 13. Okay. Like, you know, mom, we miss you so much. We love you, but you're just going to rock this. You're such a rock star mom. And, you know, just go out there and, you know, capture that day, mom. I mean, they're just really cool, right. positive kids. I mean, but you've instilled that in them though. I mean, yeah. that's the whole thing. It's just like, just I mean, trying it's, to it's, model that behavior right. for them. I mean, considering everything you've been through and congrats, you're a survivor you. and your kids, that's unbelievable. But I mean, it's one of those things where it stems from you. Obviously yeah. I always say a person's soul is their soul and they're going to be out. They're going to turn out who they're going to turn out with, but yeah. everyone needs a base template. And I mean, you've already set that tone with them for them to be that way, which is, I, Congrats. So that's Thank amazing. you. Yeah. So I wanted to, I wanted to homeschool just because I thought, okay, I can help these really like cool humans that I feel like are, they're kind of, mir they're really, they're miracles. And I feel like they're just destined for greatness. <laughs> um, I'm sure every mom thinks that about their <laughs> child, but my kids have been through so much already in life and they've conquered that. And they have such great, just mental fortitude that I felt like I feel like I could give them what they need in life more than a public school could, right. especially my daughter, because, you know, she was getting, and I talk about this a lot, you know, she was doing great in school, like A's, some B's, um, but she would get these little mini reports and it would say, um, you know, test A and um, homework A and whatever it was. And it's like, you know, school, you know, schoolwork um, F. Okay. It's like, where's that disconnect? Right. Something is happening that she doesn't like being in school. And she would say, oh, I just, you know, I don't, she goes, I don't know, mom. Like sometimes I just don't get it. And then I'll raise my hand and I'll ask and then I'll raise my hand. And then they just didn't know how to explain it to her in her own language. Interesting. Right. And so even now, you know, they were on two different math programs. Okay. She's still pre-algebra, you know, and he's doing algebra. They're in seventh grade. So, but. I needed to find a program that spoke to her. Okay. And every like public school can only teach a certain way. That's correct. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so now um, they also do like they'll do internships. Like I have her doing That's an amazing. internship. I'm sorry, they're only 13 years old. They're th yeah, I mean, not even 13. Yeah, they're yeah. 12 and a half. Okay. So I want them to shadow people. Like if she wants to do 2D animation. Um, so then she'll hopefully do an internship with someone at Disney that I know. Oh, that's great. That she can kind of really see what that job entails. Mm -hmm. And is this something that when you wake up in the morning, you're going to be excited about? Even if there's bumps in the road, is that something you still want to pursue? Right. Right. And if that's a fact, then it's like, what art school do I find for her 
that is going to teach her the best 2D animation. And then what are their requirements for, you know, to get in? Okay. Now I need to work on that while they're young. So let's talk about So this. we're going to go back. We go back. We're going the opposite way of most people. So we can talk about this. So I, my daughter, my 13-year-old, she'll be 14 um, in a few weeks. Okay. And um, we are actually having her apply to LAXA. I'm sure you've had to have heard of this. Yes. It's, at the, it's um, the art, performing art, art school. Mm -hmm. um, so she's filling out her applications right now. She um, is an artist. Like she, okay. that's all she does. That's her main pride, pride and joy. And that's one thing, you know, during COVID, she got anxiety a lot. And so it was hard for her to get out, but her art was her thing. So we've mentored her. Um, she's, she lives in La Cañada. Okay. Um, Oh my God, I just they're, moved from La Cañada. <laughs> okay, yeah, their public schools are amazing. So yes. they're kind of like private schools. So yeah. um, that's why we had had them live there and stuff like that as well. Um, but she's, we asked her, look, do you want to stay in school or would you want to go to the performing arts school? Because I'd like to apply and try to get in that one. So we've hired since like for the past year and a half, a um, private artist, you know, wow. a friend of ours that, who's amazing. Yeah. And um, this artist always goes, she is off the chart. It's unbelievable on how her art is. So we're hoping that she gets into this. And I guess we were asking her, do you, is it friends that matter or is it your art? She goes, it's the art. Amazing. And she's ready to switch when whenever it happens. And yeah. so we're hopefully keeping our fingers crossed at her interviews and stuff. That's crazy. Did she yeah. go to LCE or did she go to Palm? Or um, she went to um, she went to Paradise, Paradise Canyon. Canyon. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So now she's at obviously the high school, the middle yes. school, high school. I called. I don't know what they call the high school for, but it's like it's, this blended school. I know it's interesting mm -hmm. when they start sixth, uh, no seventh and eighth grade. They're at the high school. Yeah, campus. and they call it the high school, by the way. Right, <laughs> but they supposedly don't interact with the high no, schoolers. No, and that's I was even asked about lunchtime. I go, when do the high schools have lunch? And one kid was. Like I think they have it when we do, but I don't. I've never seen them. I'm really? Like, so where are these kids? And it's a you know, it's a big school. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my little one's at Paradise Canyon as well. Okay. So she's in third grade. Yeah. No, mm -hmm. we just moved from La Cunada. Okay. I, I moved and I got like this kind of little mini ranch. Oh, and so you know it very well. I do. Yes, I sell a lot of houses in La Cunada. <laughs> then we'll be seeing a lot of children. Yes. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. La Cunada is great. Listen, it's it's um I think it's the kind of community I had a I had an out outsider we called an outsider real estate agent. He was selling a house. Um, and he was trying to say to me that because of the new law that they could turn it into a four unit. And I'm like, get ready for the pickaxes. And the, right. like, the, like this community will not let you build. No, they will not. Let me tell you something. They tried to build like a senior and even then the red tape. And he's like, it doesn't matter. They're they're not going to be able to say. Anything. I go, you don't know people from Lockheed. Right. They will petition their asses off they until will. they get it. They done, will come so. to all of those mm -hmm. meetings. They're not going to be two or three. Like the entire community will come right. and support their neighbors to say what you're going to do to our property values by putting a multi-unit next to just all residential. Right. Not going to happen, buddy. Interesting. I got to see what, how this one unfolds. Yeah. So. It's on Orange Knoll. Okay. So <laughs> it's definitely not going to, it's not going to unfold in his favor. <laughs> and I tried to school the guy. I was like, you're in for like a, a world of hurt if you're going to like, try just that. Just pivot to Altadena or just right? the other way. Montrose like, or something. I don't just know. Just sell it to a normal buyer that wants to bring their family in for the school district. I don't. And they'll pay cash. They're going to pay cash. They're going to pay top dollar. What are you waiting right. for? Right? Yeah, it's sure. a very strange situation. So talk to me about your dating um, podcast. So you're in a relationship. So did you start the podcast prior? Did you meet her? Okay, so it's <laughs> this is a good story. I'm going to give you the whole quickness okay. and a, a, a quick uh, little synopsis. So basically, I so I was the only son of um, a divorced family. So my dad, my mom, you know, um, they got divorced. I think I was probably like eight years old. But I have an uh, older sister and a younger sister. Um, we're all two years apart. And so me growing up with three women in the household, it was one of those things where it was just like, you just start becoming, I felt... I tell them I felt like I was Jane Goodall, you know, with like gorillas or <laughs> monkeys. And I'm like, and I'm studying them after a while because I was just like, look, I go, if I'm hanging around these girls, I know all their mood swings. I know when this happens. I know when they are in a bad mood or in a good mood. And, or if something happens with one of the guys they're dating, I go, I, I watch all this all the time. So it was, felt like I was taking notes. 
Um, and then I think one of the biggest triggers for me was one day when it was my shopping day as a child, when I was like 13 or 14 years old. And usually when it's my shopping day, my sisters tag along and you know, there's always a ton of more girl stores than there are boy stores in yes. a mall or whatever at the time. And so I would go into my store and then they'd go into all their stores and I'd get fed up. And so I started helping them learn how to shop as well. So I think that's what took me in the fashion industry as well. But um, as I got older, um, I just knew how to be around women better. I didn't date in high school. I just, because you know, schooling, I had three scholarships for football, tennis, and soccer. Um, so I was really dedicated to my schoolwork to make sure that I could help my mom out. And which by the way, they never needed help because my dad's a doctor. My mom was a psychologist. So okay. I just felt in my mind, I need to help them out yeah. and make my own way. So when I got up to college, that's when I was like, okay, I'm all about the women now. And that's when it started happening for me. But I was such a good guy that my first girl that I ever dated screwed me over. And I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going <laughs> to fuck girls over before they fuck me over. Oh so gosh. I became a little bit of a bad boy, oh, but no. then I realized that I don't have it in me yeah. because I'm such an advocate for women. And just and my mom always in the background going, you never hit girls. You don't talk to girls like this. You be respectful. You have to have charm. You do this. And so that stood with me. Yeah. And to this day, um, I've always been like this guy who just knew women so well and could, you know, still get any girl that I wanted by just doing the right way and not yeah. having to be like put on a show or be an asshole or just be myself. And, um, and quite frankly, just growing up wise too, I was always different from being a, you know, black kid in an upper white middle-class family. Um, you know, we're the only black kids in town. It was one of those things where I had to always figure out who I was as my own person. Yeah. And, um, and it's always been that way. So fast forward to where now I'm dating, dating and learning and learning and just going, okay, I'm not doing that with this girl. And I cheated a lot on girls. Okay. I don't think I need to do that anymore. Anymore. So my current um, people have always asked me, well, if you're doing this with like, look at my guy friends and go like, okay, you know, the reason why you, this girl's not with you is because you're doing this and this and look at the girl and go, Hey, if you need help when to get this guy, this is what you need to do. And it just started spinning into more and more um, knowledge and more, I started thinking about it more. And then it turned into basically, I think during a uh, COVID time, uh, the year before I, I did a blog because okay. I was going to write a book. I was like, I'm going to write a relationship book. And then I went, no <laughs> way. Who's going to listen to this? No one knows me from Adam. So I started doing a blog and then started getting followers through there. And then uh, more people, women especially, started asking me more uh, questions and helping me with their problems, uh, helping them with their problems. And then during COVID time, um, I was with a friend. And um, she, she's a Playboy Playmate. Okay. And uh, one of her friends came over and I started looking at her because she was talking about dating apps and things like that. And she was telling me all the problems and I just started answering the right questions. So my friend looks at me and she goes, wow, you're really good at this stuff. I go, I know, that's why I have a blog. She goes, you need to do a podcast. I go, that's a good idea. And I looked at her, you should be my co-host. And so it started that way. Okay. And we jumped on it right away. And the the topics that I had and things that I had, people just started latching onto it. And I just know my shit. So yeah. I don't claim I'm an expert. You know, I just, I'm just a guy, like if you read the blog page, I'm just a guy who just knows women really well yeah. and knows how to tell guys when they're doing something wrong. Or when a woman has a bad situation, this is how you fix it or vice versa for a guy how to fix that as well. And usually everyone goes, wow, you're spot on with, with how to fix issues and things like that. So I consider myself more on the relationship side versus when people go, well, on the dating side of it, um, you know, hey, can you set me up with your guy friends? Oh my gosh. <laughs> And I go, because we want a guy like you, Chris. And I go, I don't have any guy friends like me. I go, and I would never set any of my guy friends up with any girl because they're all right. fucking douchebags and funny assholes. And I'm oh like, and gosh. they, you know, and I wouldn't put my, myself on the line and yeah. give that validation or and say, you know, do you vouch for this person? I'm like, no, I don't no, vouch for that no. person. I love them to death, yeah. but I would never vouch for them. So, so I'm just, like I said, I'm a huge advocate for women. And it's one of those things where the whole point of the podcast is basically to teach guys how to be better 
guys for their girls. Okay. You know, when you do something stupid, how do you retract that and not let your ego get involved? And that's right. mainly a lot of it, Amy, for me being a guy. It's like our egos get involved in a lot of things and situations. Me and my ex-wife, for instance, we broke up very amicably. Uh, we went to a mediator and the mediator started crying because she goes, oh. she literally, we asked her the first day, um, hey, we found this one in Beverly Hills who was amazing. And she's like, oh, it usually takes about 10 sessions. We go, yeah, we'll be out in three, two to three. She goes, that's never going to happen. Two sessions in, she started crying, goes, guys, you, you guys are done. She goes, I've, and we walked out hugging, hand in hand, crying. She's like, you guys, I've never seen a couple like this in my entire life. Yeah. And to this day, like Christmas, my new girlfriend um, of four years, um, who was actually my ex-girlfriend, I actually broke up with her um, five months. We dated, I think in 2001, okay. broke up with her to date my wife. Oh my gosh. And I did it for the first time straight up going... I want to be a stand-up guy. I don't want to cheat on you. I think I met someone who might be a potential, so I need to let you go. And she was in a residency at the time, and she was like, and nothing was wrong with her. And I knew that nothing was wrong with her. She yeah. was such a great girl. During the course of my marriage, I always asked myself, did I choose the right one? Mm. And I've never thought back on any girl except for this one. And yeah. so when we broke, when Kathleen and I split up, um, you know, it just so happenstance that you know my current girlfriend and I just we got back together and she, I thought she was in New York and I, she was at the Hollywood Bowl and her uh, with a picture on Facebook. Okay. And a friend had posted that and I go, oh my God, happy birthday. Wait a minute, are you in town? She goes, yeah. And she responded because she never responds to anybody. And she goes, hey, I live here now. Do you want to go get drinks? Just out of the blue. And oh I wasn't gosh. thinking anything. And yeah. she goes, yeah. Met up for 10 minutes, planted a kiss on her and we've been in separate for four years. It's amazing. Yeah, and she was my soulmate. This girl was literally my soulmate. But so. Just so that you knew, like, you know what I mean? You just knew in your marriage that it just, you know, there was nothing wrong. Right. And it there wasn't. This was not the right person. Correct. And my ex was the one who just tell us that, you know, after 17 years, she goes, you know what? She goes, I don't think I want to be married anymore. And I looked at that and went, okay, let's discuss that. And let's talk about that. And yeah. we talked about it. We went to therapy for six months. Six months later, she goes, you know what? She goes, I think I'm done. And I looked at her and I go, okay. And I read her something. I said, do you think? And she goes, no, I think I'm done. I go, then I will never ask you again. And my answer to that was, I'm sorry that... I couldn't be the guy you wanted me to be. That's wow. all I said to her. And the therapist was like bawling. She's like, what the hell is going on in here? She's like, this is a movie. You know, this is yeah, not even I, real. I literally looked at her. I said, I'm, I'm, after I read her my thing, I said, do you think we could be? And she goes, no, I think I'm done. I said, okay, I'm done. I'm, not, I'm never going to ask you again. I go, so let's, and then we looked at therapists and I said, how can we now have an exit strategy to make our, sure that our girls are safe and okay? Yeah. And that was that. And we did four months. And by then I was already dating my current girlfriend of four years now. Okay. And um, she's just an amazing, like, fill in, like, you know, not a stepmom, but just to fill in and just yeah. great with the girls. And all of us, my ex, her in-laws are all at our house on this past weekend for Christmas. And we all, everybody's like, you guys are the weirdest family. And we're like, we just make it work. But it's amazing, right? Because I know I, we were talking, I was talking on another podcast about how like everyone is just feels so separated mm -hmm. through COVID. And like, we just, I feel like, I don't know, I was talking about how my neighbors, like we are so different politically, like even religious belief, like, mm -hmm. you know, they're homeschooling their kids for purely religious beliefs. Okay. I'm not right. For me, it was more of, I didn't even know Elon Musk, <laughs> right? Like homeschooled his kids. <laughs> and he was like, either. I'm, I'm doing, you know, critical thinking and I'm doing, you know, um, Greek. I was like, I'm doing the same thing, That's right? Awesome. It was just kind of this cool thing. And, um, but that was sort of my reasoning, but even how they feel about COVID and vaccines, like we're very opposite but we're still really good friends. Right. And that's okay. And you it's know? okay. And I, I keep, I keep thinking like, I love that you came on and you shared this with me. Cause Thank it's you. like you're with someone and shared a life with them and you have children with them, but you're still respectful and amicable with right. one another. And 
I think even without the kids, you would have done I would that. Have, you and took I, a mature approach. Thank you. And I tell everyone, you know, it was like, first of all, I had to let, put my ego in check. And that's yeah. the that's why I just said earlier, it's like, I feel like a lot of guys have ego that, and or any situation when people get angry, your ego bows up. And now all of a sudden you want to, you don't want to lose. Right. And so for me, I was like, I don't want, it's not about winning or losing. It's about who's, who, it's about a person's happiness, yeah. you know? And so I'm with relationships that, that I do, I've always always ask myself, and people have asked me, you know, Chris, you've cheated a lot on all your girlfriends in the past. What if it happened to you? And I had to take a look and go, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. If they cheated on me, I'd need to understand where that came from, first of all, before I yeah. just jumped down their throat and started being pissed off about it. So I think it that carried me over in my whole life thinking of a lot of things in my life. So first thing I always tell myself, it's like, if this ever happened to you, how would you handle it? Right. How would you react? And especially when, you know, with kids involved too, my First thing is those kids come first yeah. and she's the mother of those kids. And I, first of all, and quite frankly, I was with her for 17 years. So how can you not love someone? Right. There's something that clearly right about her yeah. that you were right. with her for 17 right. years. Right. We just didn't, we weren't meant to be anymore and that's okay. So that's why, you know, we get along swimmingly. Like she's probably one of my really good friends still to this day. Do you think because you had a mom as, your mom was a, a psychologist, a psychologist. Yeah. I was a psych major okay. in college. Okay. Yeah. Didn't finish. Do you think that that really helped per, like prepare you for um, this kind of a mental? Because you have an amazing I'll, attitude. I'll tell you what prepared me was the way that my mom and dad handled it when we were divorced. Like I felt like, you know, my dad was, he's a doctor. He was in the military at the time traveling and doing his military stuff. So now he's settled into Austin, Texas. And okay. um, I'm from Texas. So it's that thing where um, he was, I felt like I was never without a dad. He checked in all the time. He was okay. there for everything we needed him for. And quite frankly, him and my mom got along so well. My mom goes, yeah, he's a great dad, but he's a sh he was just a shitty husband, husband at the time. Yeah, yeah. And so, and she never faulted him for that, you know, but she knew it's the same thing that, you know, it's about the kids first. And so yeah. I think I got it from that. Yeah, it's interesting. Like me dating, like through <laughs> through Hollywood, um, you know, <laughs> Calvin Klein underwear, you're, you know what I mean? Because right. I was in the industry for the a very long okay. time. Not to see like I deep, it's just like I was really dating, you know, very sort of handsome men. But um, boy, talk about egos. Yeah, those egos. It's like I mean, people, your ego has no place right. in this world. It really, it does no, not it does serve not. you. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you know, here my husband came in flying under the radar. Okay. You know, me thinking he was a gay guy. <laughs> You yeah, know? I get that a lot yeah, too, all the time. Whole entire, because yeah. only because he didn't, I had no idea how like uberly successful this man was. You would have never known. Mm -hmm. He had zero ego about Love it. That. Like awesome hustle like me, but zero <laughs> ego. And it's like, that's why I fell in love with him. That's amazing. Because I just felt like, you know, I knew he'd always have my back. I wanted someone that at my very worst, he would still see me as if I was his very best. I love that. Right? And it's just someone, quite frankly, let's just narrow it down. It's just someone who was very secure with themselves. That's the yes. easiest way you can say it. And I'm so happy for you. Thank you. you know? And we all have to go through that gamut, you know? It's and I never <laughs> thought I was going to find it. Look, at some point, I mean, even though I had, you know, brought you guys home to meet them, my mom had said, you know, um, it's okay that you're gay. Right? <laughs> She said, and I thought, I'm not sure what's giving you this impression. You've met enough people. You've right. seen me on the red card. <laughs> what signals am right? I giving but up here? Thank you. Like, yeah. I don't even know what you say to that, but it's like, I don't know. I got to that point where, you know, again, it's such a powerful position for women, you know, even women that are dating just to know, like, you're okay by yourself. Right. You are okay. You do not need another person. If someone comes in and they are going to add value to your life and you're going to add value to theirs, 
that is a great partnership. Of course it is. And right. I, I even like, I look at our marriage like a business. Okay. I mean, when I asked my husband to sign a prenup and he was literally like a multi, you know, billionaire, <laughs> <laughs> I was, I didn't know at the time he was just like, well, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, we need to sign a prenup. That's great. Because first of all, like you weren't there through my struggle mm -hmm. of trying to make it in the industry and me buying all my houses and my apartment buildings, you know, everything I that I that. did. Yeah. I wasn't there when you were literally like a handyman fixing people's toilets while you were building, you know, your, you know, dot com business. And so that has nothing to do with us. Right. Like from what we build from here, if we were to do something together, great, we can discuss it. We'll put it on paper, but you got to kind of get that, I don't know, out of the way, right. I feel. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to delve into Amy now. Yeah. Do my little thing okay. here. So, so how, how's, how many years now for you guys? Okay. So we have been together, uh, over 17 years. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And we have been married almost 14 years. Okay. So I know with kids coming into play, it always makes a lot of things harder, you know, because once the kids are in the mix, you as a mom, it's just, you're just, you know, you're in it now. Yeah. Um, attention gets kind of drawn away and just shifted over to the kids now. Yeah. Um, so so how do you guys keep it fresh? How do you keep it new? Yeah. So I, I, I will, you know, be the first to admit that I made massive mistakes in the beginning of okay. our kids being born because our kids were so premature Well, and they yeah. had so many issues that, you know, I'm sure my husband definitely felt neglected. Thank God he did not have an ego and he was very like, you know, um, confident in himself and in our marriage mm -hmm. and what, because he was not getting any attention. Okay. Right? right. I mean, and I had an emergency C-section. I couldn't even stand up. Yeah. There was no way that there was no intimacy that was going to happen. Well, that I understand, especially like I said, if he's a guy, he's going to be there right by your side. Yeah. So. And I was so sick during my pregnancy. I mean, even when I was having miscarriages, you know, and I'm laying on the bathroom floor, just bleeding everywhere. Right. He was there holding my hand. Okay. And you sound like, like my ex. My ex was the same way with yeah, our first child. That's the, mm -hmm. the guy that you want, right? <laughs> or that's the girl that's willing to share that with right. you, right? right? And that she feels comfortable doing that. But um, I think it's really important that you model a good relationship um, for your kids. So it's like, you know, for the long, like, I love on my kids. I hug on my kids. But then I started realizing, wait a minute, my husband, and I used to hold hands all the time, like, you forgot about that. Right. That's not okay. Well, this is why I'm asking because I know when kids come and play, it's like, it's just a, it's an innate thing. It's nothing yeah. that you, you know, do by fault or it's just, just happens because your kids at that time, especially when they're little and you, yeah. especially with all the things that you had to go through. I mean, it's a lot of extra situational stuff going yeah. on here. So. Plus my, like, I don't have a relationship with my mother and okay. father. I had an incredibly abusive childhood. Okay. Um, child protective services should have taken me from the oh, home. My God. And so I don't speak to my mom and dad and I was deathly afraid to become a mother. Just knew I was going to just fuck it up oh. somehow, some way. <laughs> I no, and, and I was scared. Well, I don't know what book you read, but you're doing a great job. <laughs> I just kind of did the opposite. So that's the <laughs> other thing is the fact that, you know, I had all this stuff that I hadn't necessarily, I thought I worked through it. I hadn't worked mm -hmm. through it because when the kids came, it was like, oh my gosh, like I would cry. I had postpartum so badly because I would say to him, not that I didn't love them, I loved them so much that I said, they deserve a better mother than me. Mm. It was terrible. And he was like, you got to stop saying yeah. that. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm scared to be alone with them. I'm scared I'm going to ruin this. They're, they're perfect. I'm, I'm. He's like, Amy, you have to like get it like... You're amazing. Right. They love you so much. And, and you like, do know you're not the only one because if, yeah. if it's, especially when it's the first, and yes. you had, tw they're Two. twins. Yeah, so it's like, 
it's just, an, it's a new experience. So, yeah. I mean, you're just going through what everyone else has gone through. And you can read every book in the, <laughs> in the world people. Cause I have read every book in the world. Trust me. I am a book nerd. No book prepares you. No, that doesn't. No. I, I mean, being a dad, I was just like, a, when you asked other guys, this one guy, I'll never forget when, you know, my ex was pregnant with our first one. He walked by, he was in the crate and barrel and he walked by and he goes, he looks at me and he goes, um, I just, one word for you. He goes, when, um, he goes, what did he say? He goes, <laughs> He goes, um, he goes, oh, when the, um, when the time comes and she hands you the baby, he goes, just hold it and walk away like that. So in other words, just go away from her. So you actually have your own private time with them because they're going to be over you. The, the mom's going to be yeah. over as a hawk all the time or whatever it is. He goes, just grab the baby and just walk away and go to the other room and just, just make it your own. I go, okay. I'm okay. like, what does that mean? What does that mean? And I finally understood all the things that he was saying, but no one prepares you. No. Right. So. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 definitely look, it's the most rewarding thing. I think, you know, we talk about I talk about my legacy and all the things I've done and the books that I've written and the things that I've yet to do and maybe lives that I've, you know, by going on, you know, the doctors and talking about my particular cancer mm -hmm. that I had and sharing like my history and just so many things like trying to really affect people in such a positive way with the podcast, but my legacy will be those children. That's amazing. Yeah. I think it's great. All right, so you and your husband, let's go. You yeah. Kind of, uh, we got the kids in, so I want to finish. So you said- No, the, the... he's, I mean, look, here's the cool thing about, about my husband is that um, I'm incredibly um, aggressive okay. um, on my type A personality. He, well, I can tell that from your 400 miles an hour start. Yes. This morning we just and um, he's a hustler, but he's just chill. Yeah. And so he just chilled me out okay. like, in so many ways. Like he is not affected by anything. I mean, I could run around like motherfucker, you know what I mean? Like going crazy. <laughs> I don't do it anymore. But in the beginning of our relationship, you know, I still had this kind of fiery thing. And he's just like, like there was no reaction right, right from him. And that's the best thing you can do, of guys. I'm telling is. you, it's just like, just don't react because honestly, it doesn't have anything to do with you. That's for sure. Like when yeah. people are going crazy, like I refuse to take people's shit on at this point because it's their stuff. Like in real estate, when people are like, literally like I'm getting people a million over asking, mm -hmm. they're still being rude to me. Like, I, and they can't, I'm like, that's on them. That's correct. Right. And it's also like, I've also learned this whole thing. Like you can't give to receive. It's not just gifts. It's everything in life. Like if you have some more than anything, I think people just have these expectations mm -hmm. and when they are not met, they get resentful and angry. Yeah. Stop having expectations or, or stop expecting these outcomes from people. Listen, you do you, you do the best. If you want to give someone, someone, whether that's your love, your time, sex, whatever it right. is, don't expect anything in return. I love that. Sorry. Yeah. Unless you've like clearly like spelled out boundaries with this person. It's like, and this is a situation you've created those labels, whatever these labels are nowadays, like boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever his, her pronouns. It's like, you cannot expect because all you're going to do is you're going to get disappointed mm -hmm. and then you're going to get mad at them. And then there's going to be resentment for no reason. And that happens to a lot of people, especially ones that I talk to. This yeah. happens a lot of times. So you're right on the nose about that. And I live my life by your motto. It's just one of those things where, and the best way I tell people is the tennis uh, motto that I use when I tell people that I teach, I go, you can only handle your side of the court. When that ball goes over the net, right. it's let them handle their side, but yeah. you handle your side. Don't worry about what they're doing per se. And yeah. they just, and it just helps people go, it calms them down. It yeah. makes them just not so frustrated and less stressful. I go, if you're doing what you're supposed to do on your end, you will do everything right, you know, and if it goes wrong, of course, then just, it'll, it just happens to all of us, you know, yeah. just get back up and do it again. Yeah. It's so, so, I mean, for me, it's so important. I even talk about stress, people stress. I go, look, you write down every single thing that's stressing you out. The ones that you can do something about, do something about. And the other ones, 
throw them away. Okay. I need help with that. <laughs> throw them away. Cause like if, if there's nothing you could like, you're literally like creating like this big, crazy drama over something that you can't right. control. Now that is a fault of mine. I am, I am a stress fault for the most part. And my significant other, she's my calmer, by okay. the way. She, like she knows when, like, especially when the girl's around because I'm such like a doer and like everything has to be in order, da, 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 blah, blah, blah. And she goes, she comes to me sometimes, Chris, take a deep breath. Yeah. When I'm walking past the hallway, she goes, just breathe and just relax. And I'm like, okay, thank you. Okay. And so I, I'm going to give you something. Okay, so, okay. okay so you got to figure out like my whole life coach. Now you have to figure out, um, who is driving your bus. Okay. 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 My coach is a, is a New York <laughs> times bestseller. So you're going to have a myriad of emotions that you go through during the day and you're going to figure out, you can do like a 72 hour challenge where you kind of figure out basically what emotions come up for you. And mm -hmm. there's going to be some repeat people and you're going to figure out who in my bus, my mind, you know, is it worry? Is it anxiety? Is it anger? Is it stress? Is it, you know, gratitude, love? What is it? And so sometimes the people that are driving your bus, like you're like, okay, I'm going to start my day in gratitude. That's what I did. Okay. I'm going to write down my gratitude journal and I'm, I cannot keep that sustained all day long. Of course. Lo and behold, someone's going to ram me with their shopping right. cart. Something's <laughs> going to happen. And like when the first ramming of the shopping cart, I'd be like, Oh, no big deal. Like my ankles bleeding. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay. Don't worry about it. I've got tons of band-aids in the car. Right. And then someone's going to cut me off and I'd be like, I'm sure they're in a hurt. You know, like, but by the third or fourth time, it's like, okay, motherfucker, let's go. Yeah, you know what right. I mean? Like yeah. I'm coming. Your gloves are on at that you point. You can't. So you cannot, you can only sustain that. So basically what she taught me is that when you start to figure out who's driving this bus, it's like sometimes the wrong person is driving the bus. So you may not be able to get to gratitude, but maybe it's curiosity. Okay. Curiosity starts to drive the bus like, okay, that person's cut me off. Like, I wonder like if they're okay. I wonder if their child was in an accident. Okay. Right? Like curiosity, like what's going on in that person's life that they just did that. They almost killed themselves and everybody else. Like you think it's because they're just trying to drive fast and get ahead. Right. But what's really going on in their life? So now I'm curiosity is driving my bus, right? If I can get to gratitude, love, um, sometimes I have to just get to Zen girl, right? <laughs> Zen girls just got to drive the bus so that, but um, for me, that sustains me all day long. That sounds like cruise control right there. Because Zen then, girl is cruise control. then I know who's, who's handling everything. Okay. And no matter what comes my way, I know that I'm going to like, it's not going to stress me out anymore. And I'm just literally, I just feel like I'm just the best energy. I love that. Now okay, I'm going gonna, gonna to try that. The yeah. bus. My bus. Do the bus. Okay. Because I have a double decker. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. I had a you double know, I think, decker. I think smart ass sometimes drives in my bus a lot yeah. of the time because I'm such a smart ass. Yeah. So I think that usually leads. No, I'm kidding. But um, yeah, mine's, mine's stress for sure. And, um, yeah. and it's anxiety because I, I'm always trying to, I'm always striving to just continuously be the best person I can be. And yeah. I need to just kind of. Sometimes you Zen person just sit back because I'm already on that path and yeah. I'm allowing that anxiety and stress to overtake it when it doesn't have to. Yeah, and Zen guy's just going to say to you, dude, guess what? You're enough. Right. And I'm already doing it. So it's just, You're enough. yeah. Exactly yeah. where you are. Okay. All right. I, I'm You're ahead that. of the game. I'm driving the bus. All right. <laughs> I should have, I should have stayed in college and got that psych <laughs> right. degree, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Listen, it has been such a pleasure. You I can literally, I cannot believe you're from La Kenyatta. I, I know. Well, That's... we're going to have to, we're exchanging numbers after this for sure, because we're going to keep in contact because I know that we're going to be doing a lot of things together. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, tennis. Oh my gosh. My neighbors are going to thank you. Okay. No good. more broken windows. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding people. I'm not that strong. Um, all right, guys, look, thank you so much again for an amazing episode of the podcast. And uh, I really appreciate all of the support that you guys 
are giving me. And look, go out there, make it a powerful day, make it a powerful year, be the best you. And uh, if you need me, I'm here. Until then, I'll see you next time.